0: More William, Chapter Seven. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Cara Schallenberg. More William, by Richmal Crompton, Chapter Seven, The Ghost. William lay on the floor of the barn, engrossed in a book. This was a rare thing with William. His bottle of lemonade lay untouched by his side and he even forgot the half-eaten apple which reposed in his hand. His jaws were arrested midway in the act of munching. "'Our hero,' he read, "'was awakened about midnight by the sound of the rattling of chains. "'Raising himself on his arm, he gazed into the darkness. "'About a foot from his bed he could discern a tall, white, faintly gleaming figure, "'and a ghostly arm which beckoned him.' "'William's hair stood on end.' "'Crumbs!' he ejaculated. "'Nothing perturbed,' he continued to read. "'Our hero rose and followed the spectre through the long winding passages of the old castle. "'Whenever he hesitated, a white, luminous arm, hung around with ghostly chains, beckoned him on. "'Gosh!' murmured the enthralled William. "'I'd have been scared!' At the panel in the wall the ghost stopped, and silently the panel slid aside, revealing a flight of stone steps. Down this went the apparition, followed by our intrepid hero. There was a small stone chamber at the bottom, and into this the rays of moonlight poured, revealing a skeleton in a sitting attitude beside a chest of golden sovereigns. The gold gleamed in the moonlight. "'Golly!' gasped William, red with excitement. "'William!' The cry came from somewhere in the sunny garden outside. William frowned sternly, took another bite of apple, and continued to read. "'Our hero gave a cry of astonishment.' "'Yeah, I'd have done that all right,' agreed William. "'William!' "'Oh, shut up!' called William irritably, thereby revealing his hiding-place. His grown-up sister, Ethel, appeared in the doorway. "'Mother wants you,' she announced. "'Well, I can't come. I'm busy,' said William coldly, taking a draught of lemonade and returning to his book. "'Cousin Mildred's come,' continued his sister. William raised his freckled face from his book. "'Well, I can't help that, can I?' he said, with the air of one arguing patiently with a lunatic. Ethel shrugged her shoulders and departed. "'He's reading some old book in the barn,' he heard her announce, "'and he says—' "'Here he foresaw complications, and hastily followed her. "'Well, I'm coming, aren't I?' he said, "'as fast as I can.' "'Cousin Mildred was sitting on the lawn. "'She was elderly and very thin and very tall, "'and she wore a curious long shapeless garment of green silk "'with a golden girdle. "'Dear child,' she murmured, taking the grimy hand that William held out to her in dignified silence. He was cheered by the sight of tea and hot cakes. Cousin Mildred ate little, but talked much. "'I'm living in hopes of a psychic revelation, dear,' she said to William's mother. "'In hopes! I've heard of wonderful experiences, but so far none, alas, have befallen me.' "'Automatic writing I have tried, but any communication the spirits may have sent me that way remained illegible—quite illegible.' She sighed. William eyed her with scorn, while he consumed reckless quantities of hot cakes. "'I would love to have a psychic revelation,' she sighed again. "'Yes, dear,' murmured Mrs. Brown, mystified. "'William, you've had enough.' "'Enough?' said William, in surprise. "'Why, I've only had—' He decided hastily against exact statistics, and in favour of vague generalities. "'I've only had hardly any,' he said, aggrievedly. "'You've had enough, anyway,' said Mrs. Brown, firmly. "'The martyr rose, pale but proud. "'Well, can I go, then, if I can't have any more tea? "'There's plenty of bread and butter.' "'I don't want bread and butter,' he said scornfully. "'Dear child,' murmured cousin Mildred vaguely as he departed. He returned to the story and lemonade and apple, and stretched himself happily at full length in the shady barn. But the ghostly visitant seemed to be fading away, and with a soft sigh was gone. Our hero, with a start of surprise, realized that he was alone with the gold and the skeleton.' For the first time he experienced a thrill of cold fear, and slowly retreated up the stairs before the hollow and, as it seemed, vindictive stare of the grinning skeleton. "'I wonder what he was grinning at?' said William. But to his horror the door was shut, the panel had slid back. He had no means of opening it. He was imprisoned on a remote part of the castle, where even the servants came but rarely and at intervals of weeks. Would his fate be that of the man whose bones gleamed white in the moonlight? Crumbs! said William earnestly. Then a shadow fell upon the floor of the barn and cousin Mildred's voice greeted him. So you're here, dear. I'm just exploring your garden and thinking. I like to be alone. I see that you are the same, dear child. I'm readin', said William, with icy dignity. Dear boy, "'Won't you come and show me the garden and your favourite nooks and corners?' William looked at her thin, vague, amiable face, and shut his book with a resigned sigh. "'All right,' he said laconically. He conducted her in patient silence round the kitchen-garden and the shrubbery. She looked sadly at the house, with its red brick, uncompromisingly modern appearance. "'William, I wish your house was old.' she said sadly. William resented any aspersions on his house from outsiders. Personally he considered newness in a house an attraction, but if anyone wished for age, then old his house should be. Old? he ejaculated. Huh! I guess it's old enough. Oh, is it? she said, delighted. Restored recently, I suppose? Oomph! agreed William, nodding. Oh, I'm so glad. I may have some psychic revelation here, then. "'Oh, yes,' said William, judicially. "'I shouldn't wonder.' "'William, have you ever had one?' "'Well,' said William, guardedly, "'I don't know.' His mysterious manner threw her into a transport. "'Of course not to anyone, but to me. I'm one of the sympathetic. To me you may speak freely, William.' William, feeling that his ignorance could no longer be hidden by words, maintained a discreet silence. "'To me it shall be sacred, William. "'I will tell no one, not even your parents. "'I believe that children see clouds of glory and all that.' "'Vaguely. "'With your unstained, childish vision.' "'I'm eleven. put in William indignantly. "'You see things that to the wise are sealed, "'some manifestation, some spirit, some ghostly visitant.' "'Oh!' said William, suddenly enlightened. "'You talking about ghosts?' "'Yes, ghosts, William.' Her air of deference flattered him. She evidently expected great things of him, great things she should have. At the best of times with William, imagination was stronger than cold facts. He gave a short laugh. "'Oh, ghosts! Yes, I've seen some of them. I guess I have.' Her face lit up. "'Will you tell me some of your experiences, William?' she said humbly. "'Well,' said William loftily, "'you won't go talking about it, will you?' "'Oh, no!' "'Well, I've seen em, you know. Chains and all, and skeletons, and ghostly arms beckonin' and all that.' William was enjoying himself. He walked with a swagger. He almost believed what he said. She gasped. "'Oh, go on,' she said. "'Tell me all.' He went on. He soared aloft on the wings of imagination, his hands in his pockets, his freckled face puckered up in frowning mental effort. He certainly enjoyed himself. "'If only some of it could happen to me!' breathed his confidant. "'Does it come to you at nights, William?' "'Yes,' nodded William. "'Nights, mostly.' "'I shall watch to-night,' said cousin Mildred. "'And you say the house is old?' "'Awful old!' said William, reassuringly. "'Her attitude to William was a relief to the rest of the family. "'Visitors sometimes objected to William. "'She seems to have almost taken to William,' said his mother, "'with a note of unflattering incredulity in her voice. "'William was pleased, yet embarrassed by her attentions. "'It was a strange experience to him to be accepted by a grown-up as a fellow-being.' She talked to him with interest and a certain humility, she bought him sweets, and seemed pleased that he accepted them, she went for walks with him, and evidently took his constrained silence for the silence of depth and wisdom. Beneath his embarrassment he was certainly pleased and flattered. She seemed to prefer his company to that of Ethel. That was one in the eye for Ethel. But he felt that something was expected from him in return for all this kindness and attention. William was a sportsman. He decided to supply it. He took a book of ghost stories from the juvenile library at school and read them in the privacy of his room at night. Many were the thrilling adventures which he had to tell to Cousin Mildred in the morning. Cousin Mildred's bump of credulity was a large one. She supplied him with sweets on a generous scale. She listened to him with awe and wonder. William, you are one of the elect, the chosen, she said. One of those whose spirits can break down the barrier between the unseen world and ours with ease. And always she sighed and stroked back her thin locks, sadly. Oh, how I wish that some experience would happen to me! One morning, after the gift of an exceptionally large tin of toffee, William's noblest feelings were aroused. Manfully he decided that something should happen to her. "'Cousin Mildred slept in the bedroom above William's. "'Descent from one window to the other was easy, "'but ascent was difficult. "'That night Cousin Mildred awoke suddenly "'as the clock struck twelve. "'There was no moon, and only dimly did she discern "'the white figure that stood in the light of the window. "'She sat up, quivering with eagerness. "'Her short, thin little pigtail "'stuck out horizontally from her head. "'Her mouth was wide open. "'Oh!' she gasped. The white figure moved a step forward, and coughed nervously. Cousin Mildred clasped her hands. "'Speak!' she said in a tense whisper. "'Oh, speak! Some message! Some revelation!' William was nonplussed. None of the ghosts he had read of had spoken. They had rattled and groaned and beckoned, but they had not spoken. He tried groaning, and emitted a sound faintly reminiscent of a seasick voyager. "'Oh, speak!' "'pleaded to Cousin Mildred. "'Evidently speech was a necessary part of this performance. "'William wondered whether ghosts spoke English "'or a language of their own. "'He inclined to the latter view, and nobly took the plunge. "'Honk! Yonk! Ponk!' he said firmly. "'Cousin Mildred gasped in wonder. "'Oh, explain!' she pleaded ardently. "'Explain in our poor human speech some message.' William took fright. It was all turning out to be much more complicated than he had expected. He hastily passed through the room and out of the door, closing it noisily behind him. As he ran along the passage came a sound like a crash of thunder. Outside in the passage were Cousin Mildred's boots, William's father's boots, and William's brother's boots, and into these charged William in his headlong retreat. They slid noisily along the polished wooden surface of the floor, ricocheting into each other as they went. "'Doors opened suddenly, and William's father collided with William's brother in the dark passage, "'where they wrestled fiercely before they discovered each other's identity. "'I heard that confounded noise, and I came out. "'So did I. "'Well, then, who made it? "'Who did? "'If it's that wretched boy up to any tricks again.' "'William's father left the sentence unfinished, "'but went with determined tread towards his younger son's room. "'William was discovered.' carefully spreading a sheet over his bed, and smoothing it down. Mr. Brown, roused from his placid slumbers, was a sight to make a brave man quail, but the glance that William turned upon him was guileless and sweet. "'Did you make that confounded row, kicking boots about the passage?' spluttered the man of wrath. "'No, father,' said William gently. "'I've not been kicking no boots about.' Were you down on the lower landing just now said mr brown with compressed fury william considered this question silently for a few seconds then spoke up brightly and innocently i don't know father you see some folks walk in their sleep and when they wake up they don't know where they've been why i've heard of a man walkin down a fire escape in his sleep and then he woke up and couldn't think how he'd got to be there where he was you see he didn't know he'd walked down all them steps sound asleep and be quiet "'thundered his father. "'What in the name of—' "'What on earth are you doing making your bed in the middle of the night? "'Are you insane?' "'William, perfectly composed, tucked in one end of his sheet. "'No, father, I'm not insane. "'My sheet just fell off me in the night, and I got out to pick it up. "'I must have been a bit restless, I suppose. "'Sheets come off easy when folks is restless in bed, "'and they don't know anything about it till they wake up just the same as sleepwalkin'. "'Why, I've heard of folks—' "'Be quiet!' At that moment William's mother arrived, placid as ever, in her dressing-gown carrying a candle. "'Look at him,' said Mr. Brown, pointing at the meek-looking William. "'He plays rugger up and down the passage with the boots all night, and then he begins to make his bed. He's mad, he's—' William turned his calm gaze upon him. "'I wasn't playing rugger with the boots, father,' he said patiently. Mrs. Brown laid her hand soothingly upon her husband's arm. "'You know, dear,' she said gently, "'a house is always full of noises at night. "'Basket-chairs creaking.' Mr. Brown's face grew purple. "'Basket-chairs!' he exploded violently, but allowed himself to be led unresisting from the room. William finished his bed-making with his usual frown of concentration, then, lying down, fell at once into the deep sleep of childish innocence.' "'but cousin Mildred was lying awake, a blissful smile upon her lips. "'She, too, was now one of the elect, the chosen. "'Her rather deaf ears had caught the sound of supernatural thunder "'as her ghostly visitant departed, and she had beamed with ecstatic joy. "'Honk!' she murmured dreamily. "'Honk, yonk, ponk!' "'William felt rather tired the next evening.' "'Cousin Mildred had departed, "'leaving him a handsome present of a large box of chocolates. "'William had consumed these with undue haste "'in view of possible maternal interference. "'His broken night was telling upon his spirits. "'He felt distinctly depressed "'and saw the world through jaundiced eyes. "'He sat in the shrubbery, his chin in his hand, "'staring moodily at the adoring mongrel jumble. "'It's a rotten world,' he said gloomily, I've took a lot of trouble over her, and she goes and makes me feel sick with chocolates. Jumble wagged his tail sympathetically. End of chapter 7 Read on September 5, 2007 in Oceanside, California